0: Welcome to Piecemeal, a podcast hosted by the Emily program where we put it all together for you. Piecemeal discusses topics related to eating disorders, body image, and how society may contribute to distorted thinking. Please keep in mind that we may discuss difficult topics and we ask that you use your own discretion when listening and that you speak with a therapist as needed. I'm your host, Jillian Lampert. Our conversation today is about navigating social media and eating disorder recovery, such an important topic. Maddie Walters is here to tell us about her experience and particularly the ways that managing a recovery Instagram page has impacted and been impacted by her recovery in real life. Maddie is a psychology student at the University of Alaska who's extremely passionate about eating disorder research and advocacy. She balances her time between her home in Raleigh, North Carolina, and her home with her boyfriend in the UK. Thanks so much for being here
1: today, Maddie. Thank you for having me. It's an honor.
0: You're welcome. So this topic, this intersection between social media and eating disorder recovery is super relevant, especially during the pandemic where social media use has only increased, really skyrocketed. And it's a topic that's still kind of mostly untapped and unexamined. So despite social media being such a part of our social fabric, we're only really beginning to ask and and understand, what's it like to share your recovery on social media and to witness other people sharing theirs? So we're really excited to hear your experience of doing both, creating a, a, and engaging with recovery content online. So you have a recovery Instagram page, that's so cool. So to get <laughs> started, can you tell us about the decision to create that? Where were you in recovery at that time and what was your intention in making the page?
1: Yeah, so when I made the page, I, it was during Corona, it was about a month and a half after COVID kind of started. And I was really, really struggling in recovery just because I was terrified of everything that was happening. And my anxiety levels were through the roof. I was up all night kind of crying. You know, I wanted to see my friends. My boyfriend was 4,000 miles away and like in a different country. And I was just really struggling with everything. And when you struggle and you're in recovery, you have a lot of thoughts of of relapse and given COVID and being away and, you know, self-isolating. Um, I just felt really lonely in my recovery. So I decided to post a picture on like this new, I wanted to hide it from like family and friends because I didn't want them to like see that I was like really struggling or anything. Um, So I made this completely separate Instagram and posted a picture of like a coffee I was drinking. And I was like, I was talking about eating disorders and everything. And then I just closed my phone and I went to bed. And then I woke up the next morning and I had like a bunch of DMs from other people in recovery and comments on the post. And they were like, you're doing so great. This is amazing. I'm glad you're here. And that's kind of how it all started. Just a lot of encouragement. <laughs> so. That's fantastic.
0: How has your recovery evolved in the, in the time since that first that first coffee post? And, and what role has Instagram played in that evolution?
1: I'm a whole lot more confident now talking about my eating disorder. I think before like five people knew and I was kind of ashamed of it. So there wasn't a whole lot of conversation with those around me, like my best friend knew, my family knew and everything. Creating the Instagram, that was really vulnerable. And I was kind of scared because I knew that other people that I knew were going to find it. And I would, everyone was kind of gonna message me, ask me if I'm all right kind of thing. But the conversations that I've had have been absolutely amazing. And people around me, like it's, It's weird having conversations with individuals that I've known forever that have also had eating disorders, but we haven't gotten to have those conversations before. So I think just it's taken away a whole lot of shame and I've been able to recover more confidently while like appreciating, not like appreciating like, oh, that's good, but appreciating where I've been, what's happened, and to kind of learn how to move forward without any shame or stigma.
0: Yeah, absolutely. How did it work in terms of the once, your friends, family kind of understood it was you in terms of that private public experience of it. Can you say a little bit about how that was for you?
1: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. At the beginning, I was super nervous and it was kind of embarrassing because my mom was receiving a lot of messages from her friends who had found my Instagram. And they're like, how haven't you told us this? Like, what's going on? Is she okay? Um, And so we had to go through the conversations of like, Yeah, you know, I'm in recovery. It was really bad. I'm getting better. And I'm sorry we kept it from you, but it's a private thing. That went on for about like a month. Now I have like all of my family friends and everyone following and (laughs) so it's nice. But yeah, the beginning was really was really rough. I bet.
0: I bet. That sounds like a, a tricky transition, but it does sound like you experienced a lot of support through that process, which is which is cool. What do you see as the, the key benefits of sharing your recovery online?
1: Oh, goodness. I think I found so many of them thus far. I've made so many friends with people who have the same struggles that I do um, and who have experienced the same hardships that I have. Just like I have like 50 people in my DMs and we just like rant to each other about random things that have happened and comments that people make about our eating disorders and everything. So there's a whole lot of solidarity and giving advice in places where I feel like I'm doing pretty well has been nice. Not, of course, not as like a replacement for like a therapist or a doctor, but just like giving encouragement, whether it's like sitting down for dinner or, and how to deal with that, or like a terrible like comment that a family member makes about your body or something like that. Helping people with that has been wonderful so and the internet's really big and there are so many different people and raising awareness for eating disorders is also really important i have talks with people who just like don't know anything about bulimia or anorexia and we can just kind of chat about it which i think is really important so
0: absolutely we have completely agree more awareness is is definitely a need across the across the whole spectrum of eating disorders it's really we know that people don't know as as much as we would like them to. What about the some of the more challenging parts of, of sharing your your story online, being more open about it? What's been challenging about that?
1: Um. So when I started the Instagram, I had kind of decided that I didn't want to post anything that was really triggering. Like I wanted to stay away from numbers and all of that stuff. The issue is that a lot of other people don't have that boundary. <laughs> and so I've come across a lot of Instagram accounts where people post like, down to the macros of what, what they've eaten during the day or their weight. And sometimes they use it as like, oh, this is supposed to be encouraging. Like I ate so much or I've, or I've gained some weight, but to me, it's a big comparison game. And I have, I have a tendency to compare myself to everyone and everything. Like I'm trying to get myself out of the habit, I'm reading and researching a lot on that, but it's just such a, it's so ingrained in me that I find it so easy to look at. Other people's recovery and be like, oh wow, mine's not like that. I don't weigh that. I don't eat that much, or I eat way more than that kind of thing. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a it's a it's a balance of like inspiration and pressure. It seems like Maybe pressure to say the right thing, or sort of navigating the trickier aspects. Uh, you highlighted yeah. some of the the strategies that you use to to kind of navigate those potentially tricky tricky. Parts and the triggering parts. I wonder if you have found, you know, strategies that you've used when you when you come up upon a page that you're like, oh, this is great, and I'm feeling a little triggered. What do you do to redirect yourself to really find the find the good and sort of leave the rest? What do you do to to manage that?
1: Yeah. So I have had conversations with people in DMs, like some eating disorder influencers. I had become friends with and like we were chatting. And so I would be able to ask those questions. And it all kind of is a matter of perspective. Like some people might not see something as triggering and vice versa. For me, if like a person really doesn't see that numbers are triggering or anything, I actually just have to block. I have to block like if I see something that's really good about a page, but there's still there's so much that's making me feel kind of bad. I do, I block, I restrict, I unfollow because that there are a lot of you know that 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 don't do that that just kind of focus on you know like getting through the day getting through the week kind of thing without without numbers without comparisons or anything like that or like before and after pictures especially so yeah i'm just a big advocate for like blocking unfollowing restricting as much as needed to keep you and yourself and your mental health like above above par so <laughs>
0: yeah absolutely those are those are good good words of advice i think it's it's important to remember that social media has those uh tools at our disposal to help support the things that we want to see and engage in and to to not have to engage in some of the things that might not be so helpful It makes me think you know this is sort of a two part question that in the when you're when you're on social media where where else do you spend time? On social media, or what other topics draw your attention? I imagine you—you know—the the world, of course, is larger than than your recovery. Although that's a beautiful, strong part of it. Where else do you spend your social media time? And then the second part is, where else, outside of social media, do you uh, find resource to support your recovery? What else in the world helps you support your recovery?
1: Yeah, so I have two accounts, two Instagram accounts and one of them is just for family and friends. I was a military kid, so my family and all of my friends, they're all around the world. So it's I mostly just use social media for keeping up with them. I don't follow like too many other other people because I'm it sounds bad and it sounds really mean, but in terms of like recovery and in my personal life like I don't really want to engage in like all these different things like I don't follow a lot of celebrities or anything not because of like there's anything wrong with them just because I think that because I know myself and because I know how often I can compare myself I do have to protect my space so it's pretty much limited to all of my family and friends and all of my like recovery stuff and of course I have other social media accounts like I have Facebook and like Twitter and all that stuff where again it's just family and friends so yeah, in terms of social media, that's kind of my my situation. And maybe it will change. Like, I'm totally game for that evolving as I get better and my recovery continues. But as of right now, that's kind of the space I'm in and the environment that I need to be in. And in terms of resources outside of social media, I have to go back to family and friends. So immensely helpful, especially during COVID when I haven't been able to necessarily see a therapist on a regular basis and i'm very lucky in that aspect that they've they've been there i had i had a eating disorder dietitian and a therapist and all of that and all of that fun jazz <laughs> and wonderful they were absolutely wonderful but it was like really really difficult i think for a while to like realize that you have so much work to do and it's like oh okay but my yeah my my best friend and my boyfriend have kept me insanely grounded And been like, okay, so this is a mental illness, and you have so much life outside of your mental illness to live. Yeah, so they've been trying to get me out of my my little recovery shell because it's hard. You are kind of, you're in there, and you have to focus on getting better. So I'm not entirely good at focusing on a whole lot outside of recovery right now. (laughs) I wish I was, (laughs) but yeah, that's kind of what my life is because I'm not. I'm not 100% good yet.
0: So. Yeah, then that makes sense. That's your main job, right? Taking care of you is the most important thing. So I, fully totally support you doing that. That sounds like exactly what, what you're you're reading yourself. Well, it sounds like. Yeah, I'm trying. So definitely kudos kudos to you for that. I'm curious about you know a lot of times people. You know, they hear a podcast or they hear somebody read something or they, they, you know, come across something about eating of recovery and they're like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. You know, so-and-so might be working hard at getting better or they might be recovered or wherever they are in their journey. And they, they sometimes think like, yeah, but that's not me. That's not going to happen for me. I just can't imagine that myself. What would you say to that person?
1: Um, so, well, I was that person. I found recovery accounts, like, way before I started my Instagram. I tried to do a recovery account, like, way back in 2017. I guess that's not way back, but it was deep in my eating disorder at that point. So, I was, like, way back then. So, I tried to do one then, and then I kept looking at all of these other girls, um, girls and guys' recovery Instagrams, and I was, like, but I can't, I can't even, like, bring myself to go to like, so I was at university. I couldn't even bring myself to go to like the dining hall at that point. So how was I ever supposed to do anything like that? And then, or recover like that. I think getting a meal down was like really good for me at that point. Um, I wanted to recover, but I just didn't have the, I felt like I didn't have the energy to do that. So I would say, Oh goodness, just take it a day at a time. Like, I know that sounds draining, but that's how I had to do it. Like I had to focus on, A meal at a time, and be like, "Wow, okay, let's 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 live in this moment right here and and think about like because I think thinking about the future and what I could have done was terrifying for me at that point because I wanted to hold on to my eating disorder so bad, but I also wanted to be happy again. (laughs) So I think thinking too far into the future terrified me. I wasn't ready for it. I just wanted to I just wanted to be okay in that moment. So I would say yeah, look for a little inspiration, like, where you can, right then and there, and don't, like, yeah, don't focus on the massive picture, because that's overwhelming, and it, it's still overwhelming for me, like, I don't know where I'm going to be in a year, I'm going to be in recovery, because I quite like it here, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, so just, just focus on the day you're in, and it will get easier, but it's, it's complex, and you can't, you can't, like, push yourself as far as you can't recover in a day is essentially what I'm saying, so.
0: Absolutely. I love your, uh, what you just said that you quite like it here in recovery. I, I resonate <laughs> that, you know, I've been recovered for a long time and I, I really like it here too. Um, <laughs> I wonder if you can just share a couple a couple nuggets of what's good about recovery, just to remind people that, that it, it does get better and it is good. What are the nuggets you share?
1: Okay, so what's not good? Like, I I really just cherish every single day since I can actually enjoy it and understand what's good about it and instead of just focusing on myself. My relationships have been, like, outstanding because relationships really struggle when you're sick and when you can't take the time to focus on something else. So, yeah, I have My relationships with my family are kind of amazing. My siblings and I didn't really get on too much in (laughs) high school because I was sick and I was, I was really, really struggling, but we're all so incredibly close now. And my parents and I were doing great uh, because I had this habit of like lying when I was in my eating disorder. So of course, like, how can anybody trust you? (laughs) Like, You have to really build up those relationships again. Oh, food is another one. I love food. I can't get an, I can't get enough of it. Like (laughs) finding like different favorite things and going beyond your safe foods. Like I'm not going to lie. I still have a couple of safe foods that when I'm really struggling or if I'm having a really bad mental health day that I go back to, but man, like I just, I can't, I can't get enough of good food and like actually being able to enjoy it (laughs) has been phenomenal. Energy. I love having energy. I love focusing on, like, different things. Like, I didn't realize how much I actually enjoyed school until I was able to focus on it. And now, like, I switched my major entirely because I, I found, like, this actual drive to learn and to and do something else with my life rather than counting calories. And it's, yeah, all of it together. I just get to, you get, you get to experience life in a completely different way. And my eating disorder started when I was about 10, so when I started recovery, it was all I knew. <laughs> I didn't know who I was outside of it. And I, and I got to find this completely different person who is like, who was always there. And she's and I, like, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I think I'm kind of cool. Like <laughs> I, I like myself. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just, you get to experience life and, and it's all just full of color and it's wonderful. So. <laughs>
0: That's fantastic. I think, I think you're awesome, too. I think it's really, really beautiful.
1: <laughs> I don't want to, I want to be humble, but like, right. But it, being humble
0: and enjoying like reveling in the, the peace that you are gaining is, is yeah. totally cool, right? That that's yeah. a, that's a great demonstration of, of how, I mean, there's so much in what you just said that that's a great demonstration of how much different recovery is. It's so much more colorful, right? You know, there's, Mm. colorful Mm -hmm. and dimension filled with dimensions and just so much more than the really the the piece that that recovery kind of keeps us trapped or or that eating sort keep us trapped in this yeah in this box it's just so so different so it's a beautiful description of how much better it can be and it's fantastic
1: yeah i i love it and i think remembering the good things about it really keeps you in recovery like I think if I were to focus on because some the bad parts about eating disorders are so are so bad (laughs) and it doesn't matter how long you've had your eating disorder what eating disorder it doesn't matter like the bad parts of an eating disorder are really bad and really sad and so I think once you've experienced just like a little snippet of how good recovery can be it's like oh I don't want anything else like this is this is the life I want now. Um, or at least that's been my experience. I know other people have um, different experiences, but for me, that was like the really, it was the kind of like the, oh, I'm gonna stay here because this is nice and this is this is happy, so.
0: I like this place, <laughs> that's, that's just, it's incredible. As you, um, I, I don't wanna ask you to, to take too big of a future view, just a, just a short little future view. Um, mm-hmm hours, days, weeks, months, whatever is comfortable for you. But what, uh, what are you excited about in your future?
1: Ooh, um, I am really excited to, well, for like the next couple of weeks, I'm excited to get home and see my family because everything's just so much better <laughs> when you're around people you love. I'm really excited to continue to grow all of my relationships. Like I have an amazing like phenomenal boyfriend that I love so much and I can't wait to continue like living life with him and just in a happy in a happier way where I don't have to worry about like food anymore (laughs) I think that's that's the big thing I'm just really excited about all the relationships that I get to continue I'm excited to graduate university and maybe continue on in something else like I hope to get into like eating disorder research because I think it's fascinating and it's, it's, it's not quite as studied as it should be at this point. I don't know if that makes sense, but I don't like, there's so much that I don't know or that um, I can't find anywhere about eating disorders. So.
0: Yeah, there's certainly a lot to be researched. So we, we need more eating sort of researchers. That's, we certainly need more eating sort of research funding and and we have a lot, a lot more answers we have to have to find out. Absolutely. You know, as we, as we sort of, close our time together I'm curious for you to think about what like what advice do you have for others handling social media in recovery whether they're they're creating content maybe somebody's hearing this and be like I could do that that sounds cool that sounds like something I'd like to do you know so people who might be thinking about creating content or people who are, are you know thinking about how to engage with it differently what advice do you have for others handling social media
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, so again, I'm going to reiterate, it's so important to like guard your space and to like block restrict and then block some more, like just keep, just keep revising who you're following, who, um, you're letting influence you. Cause sometimes we're like influenced by things without really realizing that we're influenced by things. I find that important I also think it's really important not to use social media to validate your eating disorder, not to like, I made it a really big point for me. And as soon as I like saw myself thinking, oh, um, without this, nobody would know that I was sick. Or like, it's really important not to (laughs) to realize that every single eating disorder is worthy of recovery and is a serious, serious issue. Yeah, don't follow triggering accounts. Don't use it to validate yourself. Don't compare your eating disorder to anybody else's. Everybody's on it like a different timeline, a different. I don't like to use the word like journey all that much, but like everybody is on a different journey in recovery. And then know, know your limits. Like if you start to notice that really sick feeling in your stomach, where you're like, oh, this might not be good for me. It's it's time to like take a break from it, and that's completely okay.
0: Uh, that's a that's a terrific bunch of wisdom. I particularly the last part that you know you can take a break It'll be there like it's social media is not going to go anywhere I think we have that sort of theory missing out or what what, what will happen and will it be relevant, but it'll It'll be there and probably another kind of form or another another sort of platform, but it'll be there for us if we if we want to reengage. that really what you've said so so beautifully around you know our relationships with with those people in our life Are are really important and and are are the basis in many ways for our our support and our ongoing support for recovery. So that wisdom you share is really really incredible.
1: Thank you.
0: Really exciting. We we are so excited for you. We're excited for your recovery. We're I'm excited to hear about what what you end up doing. If it is eating disorder research, if you end up contributing to the field, I, I have confidence. Whatever it is that you end up doing will be a light that will shine for others. So we we really appreciate you sharing your story and spending time with us today.
1: Thank you for letting me. Yeah, it's been absolutely wonderful. I love, I love talking. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: it turns out it's pretty good for recovery too, right? To talk about what you think and how you feel and talk with other people. (laughs) Yeah, it's wonderful. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Maddie.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you'd like to learn more about the Emily Program and what we do, visit emilyprogram.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Emily Program. Piecemeal is produced by Angie Mitchell and Nancy Linden with music by Dan Forkey. Thanks for listening.